Luke chapter 1, verses 1, all the way up through verse 13, I believe. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Dear friend, I am writing for you, mighty lover of God. Uh, that name, lover of God, actually is the name Theophilus, which is actually the name of one of our members. Um, an orderly account of what Jesus, the anointed one, accomplished and fulfilled among us. Several eyewitnesses, several eyewitnesses, or seven eyewitness of biographies have already been written using as their source material the good news preached among us by his early disciples who became loving servants of the living expression of the living word. But now I am passing on to you this accurate compilation of my own meticulous investigation based on the numerous eyewitnesses interviews, eyewitness interviews and thorough research of the story of his life. It is appropriate for me to write this for he, that is Jesus, also appeared to me so that I would reassure you beyond any shadow of a doubt the reliability of all you have been taught about Jesus. During the reign, so the story begins like this. During the reign of King Herod, the great of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. Say Zechariah. Okay. Who served in the temple as part of the priestly order of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth, can you say Elizabeth? Good. Elizabeth was also from a family of priests being a direct descendant of Aaron. She had what you call priestly blue blood to be traced all the way back to Aaron. Wow. They were both lovers of God, living virtuously and following the commandments of the Lord fully. But they were childless. Since Elizabeth was barren, and now they were both quite old beyond childbearing age. One day, while Zachariah's priestly order was on duty, he was serving as priest, and as he was serving as priest, it happened by the casting of lots according to the custom of the priesthood that the honor fell upon him to enter into the holy place and burn incense before the Lord. A large crowd of worshipers had gathered to pray outside of the temple at the hour when the incense was being offered. All at once, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, this angel being Gabriel, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel reassured him, reassured him saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah. 
God is showing grace to you for I have come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. One translation says the prayers that you have been praying for a long time have been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to name him John. I want to speak to you about this on the subject, an active waiter, an active waiter. Um, During this month, I've been assigned by the Lord to get us ready for the year 2020. 2020 is not simply a new year. 2020 is not simply a new decade. 2020 is a new season. And thus, you have to, pardon the pun, have a 2020 vision for where God wants to take you. Now, um, one of the things that I've been sensitive and praying about over the month of November, the Lord has really laid upon my heart, and maybe it's not new to any of you, but there's a lot of people uh, in our church who are discouraged, disappointed, disillusioned, and just downright ready to throw in the towel. And the Lord has instructed me for this month to encourage you and stir up hope again. Hope again. Some of you have been crying and weeping and broken in private. Nobody knows how you feel on the inside. Nobody knows what a struggle it is for you to get out of bed, what a struggle it is for you to to go to work, what a struggle it is for you to even get to church. But the Lord sees. I said the Lord sees. And if if the Holy Spirit would help me, hopefully by the end of this month, you will have hope to dive into our theme of next year, and that is to believe again. Amen. To believe again. I'm going to encourage you to read this story again um, throughout throughout this week because there's going to be a part two of this sermon next week. But here it is, these two very old individuals, and they have been praying for years. They have been praying for decades, and now they are particularly, uh, Elizabeth is beyond the ability to bear children naturally. She has entered into that season of her life. And they pretty much said, well, that's it. Let's just throw in the towel. It's it's not going to happen for us. Yet it's interesting that God uses these individuals and reminds us through their names of his faithfulness. For the name Zachariah means the Lord remembers meaning he has not forgotten your prayers, even though you have. He has not forgotten you, even though you may think he has. As a matter of fact, the word remember can also be looked at as not simply recalling to mind, but remember 
meaning, uh, for example, I'm a member of the YMCA, and so I go there and, you know, I was going to say exercise, but I really don't exercise, and so that would not be the truth. But I go there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Just, just go there. And, and so the word member means part, and so re meaning back. So not only does the Lord recall to mind, but the Lord has the ability to take the pieces of your broken life and broken dreams and put them back together. Then you have this woman whose name, Elizabeth, when you see the word E-L at the beginning of a name or the end of a name, it means God. So uh, Samuel means asked of God. Daniel means God is my judge. But Elizabeth means God is an oath. God is an oath or God, I love this, God doesn't simply keep his promise. He is the promise. Oh my. When the when when the children of Israel went to the promised land, he said to everybody, all the tribes, all twelve tribes, uh, you get everything. You he, this is the land you get, but to to uh Levi, he says, You don't get land, you get me. Amen. God, when we when we needed to be saved, he didn't send an angel, he didn't send a project manager, he sent himself. Amen. That's good news. So you have uh, these individuals who are still being faithful, still loving God, and still having hope. Maybe not hope for their prayer to be answered, but hope that God is still who he says he is. Uh, the word hope is a fascinating word. As a matter of fact, the word hope is... Uh, we we kind we sometimes look at the apostle Paul as kind of harsh and this rugged apostle, but did you you may not know that the apostle Paul mentions the word hope more than any other writer in the Bible. The apostle Paul, as a matter of fact, mentions hope more than the book of Job. Lord knows Job needed hope. Then the book of Job and the book of Psalms combined. Paul is a man of hope. And the word hope is a Greek word which means the expectation of good or for me, hope is the expectation of God. Expectation. X, E-X meaning out and specto from which we get our English word spectacles meaning I'm looking out for God. I'm looking out for God. And David, I love what he says in Psalm 62, verse 5. And uh, I'm a King James Version person, and I like it in the King James because most of us, in other translation, it changes a little bit, but but in other translations it says, my, my soul, my soul, my mind, my emotions, waits only for the Lord, for my expectation is from him. But the King James Version, I love it, it says, my soul wait thou only upon the Lord. For my expectation is from him. And you may say, what's the big deal? Oh, it's a big deal. Uh, because uh, some of us right now, many of us, we are frustrated because we're waiting for the Lord. And 
waiting for the Lord can be frustrating because waiting for the Lord, and and please pardon me if this hits you the wrong way, but listen to the very end before you get mad at me. Waiting for the Lord can be discouraging. Waiting for the Lord can make you feel like a victim. Mm. Amen. There are two kinds of waiters. There are passive waiters and there are active waiters. There's passive waiting and there's active waiting. Now, I'm going to ask you to help me out here. Um, I want to show you a picture. I know you had a long weekend. Can I just, can you just stay with me just for a moment? Look at this picture. So we were standing in front of this guy. We took the picture. And I want to ask you a question. This is a guy, this is what I call passive waiting. We are in the airport, and this guy is waiting for his flight. And like many of us, well, first of all, how many of you have ever been in an airport? Okay, very good. Make sure. And how many ever, how many have ever had your flight delayed? Yeah, yeah. And and so you you feel helpless. You feel frustrated. And this guy was really frustrated. And so I'm going to ask you a question, my dear. How long we we were standing in front of him, which was not cool, but we stood in front of him because we wanted to see how long he'd be he would sleep before he was aware that we were there. So let me ask you a question. How long do you think he was sleeping before he finally woke up. Good four hours. Four hours? You, you think we waited four hours? <laughs> two. Okay, two. Okay. Um, how long do you think we were standing there? Uh, you got a good smile. How long do you think we were standing there? One. One. Oh, very good. And let me see. Can I, can, can I borrow you, Miss Lydia? You you just pass the mic, and you can tell me how long you think we were waiting before he woke up and said, what are you looking at me for? Maybe like a half hour. Half hour, very good. Very good. Anybody else want to take a guess? You want to take a guess? Probably like an hour and a half. An hour and a half, okay. You want to guess? An hour and a two. An hour and a (laughs) half. All right, give me five. An hour and a two. Right, so that boy, hour and a two. Shoot. Amen, amen, amen. This guy has been like that for, are you ready? Uh, 39 years. He's, he's, he's not real. He is. He's, he's not real. We celebrated 100 years um, for our anniversary as an organization. Our church belongs to an organization, denomination, United Pentecostal Council, the Assemblies of God. Incorporated. We had a hundred, some of you are like, no, I don't believe you. That, that's, but yeah. So um, 
our our conference was in the Orlando Hilton, Orlando uh, Airport Hilton, Hyatt, Hyatt. And we saw this guy. If you it, see those metal rods in the corner, he, he's in a glass box. Now, my wife and I, we've been here a few times over the last, we've probably been here two or three times over the last five years, and still, we're like, no, nah, that got to be real. Like, even knock, like, but that's, that, that, that piece of art has been there since 1985. But I think people can, can identify with having your flight or being in the airport so long that you just say, I give up. Can I get a witness out there? And this is how some of us look waiting on the Lord. Because first we start out very harried like like we think we can actually change our situation because some of you, I'm prophesying to you right now, some of you are control freaks and you're trying to make God go on your schedule and after about a few years you realize you can't control God and so unfortunately you kind of go to let me just give me five minutes here you go to another attitude like, okay, God, whenever you bless me, just call me. <laughs> Turn somebody say, he's talking about you right now. Say, 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 you, you have this attitude like, you know, I've been praying, I've been fasting, you haven't been doing anything, so poof, whenever, just call me when you're ready. Don't ask me to do nothing for you. Just call me when you're ready. Mm. Turn somebody say, he's talking to you right now. Tell him he's talking to you. Make me sick. But God does not want us to be passive waiters. He wants us to be active waiters. Let me show you a picture of an active waiter. This is an active waiter. Now let me ask you a question, grandmother. Well, which one's the waiter, first of all? The one with the black apron. What? The standing one. Say that one? She's what? Standing. Oh, she's standing. She's standing. Sir, you look like a brilliant man. What else do you notice about this waiter, a waitress? Well, she's smiling and she looks like she's ready to serve. Oh, she's smiling. She's smiling. My goodness, she is smiling, she is standing. Anybody else notice some things about her? Would you want her for a waitress? You said yes? Yes, because she looks happy and she's ready to serve. Oh, she looks happy and she's ready to serve. Anybody else? Huh? She has a notebook. She has a notebook. Oh, 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 you better. 
I don't like waiters that don't have that don't take notes. Why not? Because they think they remember, but they never do. Ooh, ooh, that sounds like you have an experience. Mm, oh, 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 oh. So, so you don't like n- waitresses who don't have a note book. Because they seem to sometimes forget. To take the correct orders. Turn your name and say, neighbor. Are you good? Are you a good waiter? Turn that same neighbor and say, no, you're not. <laughs> tell him, tell him, no, you're not. Tell him, no, you're not. Because you're not even smiling. See, see. Give me the first picture. Give me the second picture. Give me the first picture. (laughs) Give me the second picture. Which one do you think the Lord would be inclined to desire to bless? This is... You know, I know that I know some of you still uh, suffering from um, ethnic fatigue from all the food you've eaten, but please understand, I'm a very simple man. God is looking for an active waiter. An active waiter is somebody who continues to serve while they wait. Mm. Today begins the first season, the first of seven seasons in the liturgical calendar. For example, Israel, well, I'm not going to go there. So there there are seven seasons in the liturgical calendar. Liturgical means the religious calendar. and, And our story as believers begins not in January. Our stories as believers begin with Jesus Christ and his birth. Are you following me? So there's this so there's a season called Advent, which means the coming or the re- or the arrival. And and it's a season where we as believers reprogram our minds from the world and discipline ourselves in an attitude that says we're not waiting for Rudolph. We're not waiting for Black Friday. We're not waiting for Cyber Monday. We're not waiting. Oh, help me, Jesus. We're not waiting to watch 800 Hallmark Christmas shows. Say I lost half my crowd already. Don't 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 mess with my hallmark. (laughs) 
We're not waiting for Christmas trees or our favorite gifts. We're not waiting for those things. Although those are nice things to wait for, we are waiting for the coming and the arrival of God's solution for man's, all of man's problems, and that is the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And yet the story does not start with Mary and Joseph. The story starts with Zachariah and Elizabeth. The first, when when we look at Advent, Advent celebrates four themes, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. The last theme, or that last week, celebrate the peace and focus on the theme of peace because he is the prince of peace. Are you with me so far? And then the third week is joy. Oh, come all ye faithful. Stop. Joyful. Are you joyful? joyful. And then the second week theme is faith. But Advent starts this week with the theme of hope. That finally after 400 years of waiting to hear something from God, God is speaking. And he starts with Zechariah and says, something's about to happen. Everybody with me so far? So I want to encourage you. Uh, we're doing something that we've never done before with regards to modern prayer, and that is every week, starting this week, we're going to celebrate and focus on a theme of Advent. This week, we're focusing on hope. Next week, we're focusing on faith. The third week, we're focusing on joy. In the fourth week, we're, spoken, we're focusing on the peace of God, the shalom of God, the rest of God. Amen. And then when Christ's mass comes, Christ's mass, the celebration of Christ, we will be hopeful because things are going to change. Amen. Uh, but I, I want to talk to you very briefly about anybody like grapes? Anybody like grapes? Okay, we'll, be, we'll get back to you. I want to talk to you very briefly now. Uh, as we are celebrating hope, I want, to t- I want to use the acronym HOPE to talk about four characteristics of a good waiter. Beca- and these are four characteristics that e- Zachariah and Elizabeth had. Number one, a good waiter has a heart for God, or a lover of God, a good waiter, obeys God. It says there in verse 6 that they follow the commands of the Lord. A good waiter performs, that is, serves in God's house. And a fourth, a good waiter is an example. Lives virtuously, lives conscientiously, lives godly. So these are the qualities of a good waiter or a God waiter. If I'm going to be a good God waiter, if I'm going to be a good uh, 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 person who, who, who is an active waiter, actively involved in, in, in the, 
in my in my walk with God, I must have a heart for the things of God. I must have uh, a, be a person who obeys God. I must be a person who performs. I must be a person who is an example. Are you with me so far? Have to have a heart for God. Heart for God. Why? Because First Samuel chapter sixteen verse seven nine says, "Man looks on the outward appearance, but God is looking at the heart." The Bible says, out of the abundance of your heart, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, 35, your mouth is going to speak. Uh, uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, guide your heart with all diligence because out of your heart flows your issues. God wants all of us to be a Theophilus, a lover of God, a friend of God. Secondly, if you're going to be a good waiter, you must be obedient. You must follow the commands of the Lord. Zachariah and Elizabeth, even, even though their prayers were not being answered, they still followed the commands of God. And the Lord said in John chapter 14, I believe it's chapter 14, verses uh, 15 and 21, he says these words. He says, if you, if you love me, keep my commandments. The, the proof of your love for me is keeping my commandments. The other thing about what God is looking for is that if you're going to be a good waiter, you need to be, you need to perform. You need to perform. They, year in and year out, elder leader, year in and year out, Dr. Charles, they were faithfully serving in God's house even though God was not answering their prayers. Anybody can do cartwheels in the church after getting the blessing that you, you know, no, uh, uh, the December to remember. If you know, if you know what I'm talking about, somebody say, "Yeah, that's right, December." You know, that's that's the Lexus commercial. December. I mean, if you walked outside and you saw a brand new Lexus, if you like Lexus, you would be like, "I give you glory, I give you, oh, thank you, Jesus." Yo, you would be performing, but can you perform? Can you serve? Through not years, but decades of unanswered prayer. Decades of decades. Decades. It's easy to read about Abraham and Sarah, but how about if God allows you to be them? 25 years. Waiting for, mm, waiting for something that ungrateful people can get in nine months. You're praying, you're pleading, you're doing procedures that cost twenty, uh, ten, and twenty thousand dollars, and you're pleading to God. And here is, you know, I won't use a name, but Jay, because if I said a name, it could be somebody in this church. You know, all these names you make up and find out that somebody actually has that name. You know, but Jay is a baby factory. I mean, just pushing them out. You're like God. That's not fair. That's not fair. Can you still perform? In God's house. Oh, Jesus have mercy. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, we're going to have to stand before God. And he's going to either say, well done, or you didn't do. Oh, oh, oh. Let me ask you a question. 
I'm going to make you the surrogate of everybody here. You don't have to answer the question. I'm just using you as an example. Most of us work jobs that at the end of the year we get a performance review. If Jesus would have come down right now and sit at this altar and tell you to draw up a seat on December 31st, 2019, and if Jesus was about to give you a job performance review, what would your performance be? Janet Jackson had an old song, What Have You Done For Me Lately? What if God asked you that question? What, what are you doing beyond what you have to do? Let me tell you, the, the Lord asked me that question. Now, you see, uh, you know, I, I, I get paid to do this. I get paid to be a pastor. So it's easy for me to say, well, I work for God. But, but God says, God was asking me, what, what, what are you doing for me, Brian, that's extra? Okay, you preach in PT, you, you, know, you do some pastoral care, you do some counseling, and, it, and it's all PT-centric, but what do you do for me that goes beyond PT? And then by his grace, he opened up a door for me. And, and, and when I mean he opened up a door, at first I wasn't looking at it like a door. I looked at it like another thing to do that I probably want to say no to because I am busy. But the Lord opened up a door for me next month to, to, to speak uh, at one of the local prisons. And he opened the door, and I was wrestling. And, and the worst thing to do is make a decision when you're tired. And I was tired, and I wanted to say no, but I heard the Lord saying, what do you do that's extra for me? What do you do that has nothing to do with PT? And so by his grace, and then the person said in the email, they said, um, this is the only time of the year that people from the public are invited into the, invited, they're asked to come into the prison to reach out to those who are inmates. And I said, okay, Lord. Because this is what came to mind, Sister Rosa. This is what came to mind. The scripture where he says, when I was in prison, did you visit me? For as much as you do it for the least of these, See, that's why I like what you say about bio. See, the notebook says when I was in prison. When's the last time we visited a hospital? We don't have orphans. Or we don't, we're not aware of orphans, but there probably are. But Lady Carmen, as I said, when we went to Romania, she visited an orphan. And of course, she was a hit because they'd never seen a black woman. I mean, red hair, so they were, you know, they were <laughs> she, she was a hit. But here's the sad thing. What she noticed was there were pimps hanging around 
the girls orphans waiting for girls to age out. See, what are we doing that's beyond just sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning and acting like we're doing God a big favor? Finally, God wants us not only to be people who have a heart for the things of God, people who obey him, people who perform. But also he wants us to be examples. I love 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. It says, Kathiana, it says, no, let no man despise your being young, but be an example unto believers. What I like, and I'll close with this, the King James Version uses a book called, a word called N-Sample. Now, the difference between example, E-Example, and N-Sample, when you look at the language, really, N-Sample is an archaic word that is not used anymore. So that's why whenever you look in the Bible, it says the word usually it, it replaces example with end sample. Are you with me so far? Everybody track with me? But what struck me when I thought about the scriptures that use end sample, you only find in the King James Version, X, if you really look at the word, X sample, EX means to sample out. N sample, which is found in First uh, Timothy chapter three nine, this is my last point. In Philippians chapter three verse seventeen, where Paul says, "Mark those who follow our example." If, in other words, if you want to know how to walk, keep an eye on those who follow our example. There's a sample on the inside and a sample on the outside. Who likes grapes? Okay. So I need you to hold this mic for a moment. Because some of you are germaphobes. So if you notice, I have a fresh plastic glove. Okay. Yeah. She said I was thinking the same thing. And then she said at the conclusion, thank you, Jesus. So I have this glove. And what I want to do, I want you to hold a mic. You can see I have these grapes. Okay. And if you notice, there's some water there, which means I washed the grapes. Take any germophobias. Okay, so we're going to give you a grape. That is in my plastic gloved hand. 
that have been washed in the blood of the lamb. <laughs> so why don't you take that? Eat it. How's it taste? Good. Okay. Very good. So now what we're going to do, we're going to take the microphone in my left hand. <laughs> you may be seated. Anybody else like grapes? Okay. Very good. So I'm going to pass you the mic with my left hand. However, I'm going to take the grape with my right hand. <laughs> And I'm going to pass you grape, okay? Tell me how it tastes. <laughs> I gave you great enough Duncan. <laughs> I was checking to see if it was sidless. Okay. It tastes great. Okay, very good, very good. Can I get another person over here? I, oh, some, okay, my man Nat. Okay, so you're going to have to hold this again. Good enough. You got to come up. You got to come up. Okay. Okay. I got this down to a sign. DJ, it took me a long time to kind of get the choreographics here. All right. Okay. There you go. Okay. How's it taste? Very good. Okay. Good. So, so isn't it interesting that it seems like the grapes from this particular batch, this particular branch is good. Now the question is, let's say this branch of grapes represents Pentecostal tabernacle. And let's say someone plucked you out of PT and the question is, would you be a good sample of PT? Or would you be the one the one person who when they eat, they're like, oh my God, where did that come from? Oh, it came from that church over there. We love that scripture. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, People are tasting you on the job. People are tasting you and your attitude. Were you, that, were you that person who hosted everybody for Thanksgiving? But don't touch it. Don't sit there. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why are we at your house then? Are you a good, not simply example, but in your heart and sample? When you, when, when we worship the Lord, I think Sister Regina said, everybody lift your hands. Then in our heart we said, I'm not doing that. In our heart we said, it don't take all that. And then we wonder, and then we wonder why God can't bless us. It's not like He's saying go to, go to, go to Harvard Square and preach the gospel in the middle of. The, don't be passive. Keep going. There's always Jesus have mercy. My God. 
Listen to the preached word. See why God can't move in this church. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord run to and fro. <laughs> I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Could you please put your hand on the shoulder or hold the hand of the person next to you and ask them their permission first? I, I want you to, I want us to pray. I want us to pray. Just before we, I want us to pray for each other that this month we will be hopeful. I know for some of us, 2019 was a tough year, or a challenging year, a struggled year. Some for some of you look like a mon EKG moniker, up and down, up and down. But let's pray for each other that that God will make us hopeful for 2020. Hopeful for the new decade. Hopeful. Hopeful. Come on, let's just just two minutes. Just, just. If you don't know the person next to you, you can introduce yourself. But just a simple prayer, God. I don't know this person. I don't even know how to pray, but I do know how to ask you this one question or one statement. Give give them hope. Give them hope in school. Give them hope on their job. Give them make them hopeful in their family life. Make them hopeful whatever challenges they are facing. I don't, this may be the only time that the person whose hand I'm holding, whose shoulder I'm touching, this may be the only time they get prayed for. And so, God, I'm going to make my prayer count, and I'm asking you, give them a heart that loves you. Help them to keep obeying you. Help them to keep performing and serving you. Even when it seems like there's no return, the single mom who continually serves and performs and serves their child, the, 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 the child who may be an only child but continues to serve and perform, the overlooked employee who everybody else is getting promotions but you're being passed over and God is saying, no, work, do everything you're doing as unto me, as unto me. As unto me, you're not doing it for the boss. You're not doing it for the corporation. You're doing it unto me. And help us, Lord. Help us not to be sour grapes. But help us to be a good example. A good sample on the outside, but a good end sample. A good sample in our hearts. In our attitudes. Oh God. As a child I'm a Christian. Help me to act different. With my parents. Than my 
friends who are not saved who act to their parents. There ought to be a difference in how I behave as a as not simply a child of my parents, but as a child of God. There ought to be a difference. So Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you because I really believe that we are in revival. We are in revival. We are at the threshold of it, but we're in it. Father, I am hopeful that in this season of Advent, that you're going to remind us why Jesus came to rescue us, to give us a hope and a future. Father, I pray that as we leave uh, this place at the end of the service, that when people encounter us, help them to taste of the goodness of God in our lives. Help us not to be sour. Help us to be sweet. Help us to be people who are representative of the vine from which we hang from. Oh, Jesus, we love you. Help us to be active waiters. Some of us haven't praised you in a long time. Some of us haven't fasted in a long time. Some of us haven't haven't prayed at length in a long time. And God, you're saying, I need you to be an active waiter. And so we honor you for what you're doing. Stir our hearts, Lord. Stir our hearts. And make this week different. Make this December different. Make this, yes, truly a December to remember. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Thank you, God. We want to take this time to welcome our first-time guests. So if this is your first time, as we often say, we're just going to simply ask you to stand, receive your guest package, and once you receive it, you can take your seat. So if you're, this is your first time being here, we're going to ask you to stand. Welcome. Up on the balcony, on the floor, welcome. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. We have a family up on the balcony. Amen. You may be seated. Just going to wait for our guests in the balcony to receive their guest package. 